everybody and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of week of September 8th through September 14th. I'm your host, Colin McIsaac, and as always, I'm joined by Alex Plant. Now remastered in 60 frames per second. And Ben Lemereau. I'm 1080p. This week, we're introducing a new segment called Indigo Plateau, where we'll each be naming our top five Wii U games. If we've got time afterwards, we'll probably take a listener question or two, but that's the whole plan for the day. So let's trek up to the Indigo Plateau. Welcome to the Indigo Plateau, a brand new segment where we discuss the absolute best anythings of whatever category we decide. Uh, It's basically a glorified top five or top ten or whatever kind of segment, uh, because glorifying it is all the more fun. This week, we're going around and choosing our top five Wii U games. The console's life is winding down. Nintendo's not releasing many more games for it besides Color Splash and... Let's be real, everyone's going to play Zelda as an NX game, so... The coming months are the perfect time for Nintendo fans to catch up on some hidden gems who we wouldn't have otherwise played. So hopefully our top fives will inspire you guys to go out and pick up a cool game to pass the time. Um... I, my five, uh, I've ranked them, but I unfortunately didn't have the time to really think about, like, a pitch to put forward. So I'm thinking, at least for mine, we can sort of just have a looser sort of chat about why things are good or fun or who might like these games rather than a more, you know, authoritative, like, this is number one. No, I'm going to explain to you why Devil's Third is the best game ever created, all right? It's happening. The third best. And why everyone who disagrees with you is wrong. (laughs) They're just not skilled enough. Okay, so, uh, well, let's get started. Alex, do you want to take it away? All right. So, my number five pick is Super Smash Bros. for Wii U. Very nice. Um... Definitely a top five, just because this is a really impressive Smash Brothers game with tons of content, and in particular, tons of characters, uh, almost all of whom are executed really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, even the clones were pretty good clones, uh, pretty fun clones. Uh, Dark Pit's a little bit of a head-scratcher, but I will let it pass, because Kid Icarus Uprising is awesome. <laughs> um, That's I really bias. liked... Uh, <laughs> God bless Sakurai bias. Um... I don't know. It was really fun. Um, I played probably, what, like 100 hours of Smash Brothers, uh, which is more than I put into most games nowadays. So that's a great testament to uh, how much I enjoyed it. Um, I was really happy that almost all of my grand wish list picks made it in. So Shulk and Rosalina and Palutena and uh, characters like that. It was really cool to see more third-party characters, too, like Mega Man and Pac-Man. Really nice surprise. I kind of called Pac-Man a while ago, but Mega Man was Mm -hmm. a nice little addition. Mm -hmm. Um, It's got a great soundtrack. Oh, Oh, yeah, yeah. Cloud. Holy crap. Yeah, the ones that that actually surprised people. DLC of Dreams. (laughs) That was, yeah, Ryu and... So, great fan service game. uh, Really great love letter to uh, Nintendo fans and also just fans of gaming in general, people who've been playing games uh, for a long time. Mm -hmm. Uh, Great Smash Bros. game. uh, Great sort of improvement on... uh, what they did with Brawl um, without going back to kind of the mess that is Melee. Uh, I know people will crucify me for saying that. Messes can be happy. Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> ha- depends. Um, stages were kind of hit and miss. There were a lot of great ones. There were a lot of great returning ones, but then there were a lot of really chaotic in a bad way stages as well. Um, in so Melee, kind of or are you this, talking about 4? In, in, in 4. Oh, yeah. So that kind of knocks 4 down a few pegs. It might have been higher on my list otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, on top of that, 
no tournament mode offline, Sakurai. Oh, really? man. Uh, because that's totally how I, I I regulated most of my multiplayer on the on the past game, so it was really disappointing to not see that. Um, yeah, Smash Bros is really great. Um, I was really happy that it turned out ahead of my expectations. So nice. good job, Nintendo. All right. Ben, number five. So you guys should not be surprised at all that this game is on my list, but I'm guessing it's not on anyone else's list. No. Captain, Captain Toad, Toad Treasure, Treasure Tracker. Tracker. Oh, yes. I mean, it's like... It's just got such a gorgeous art style. Mm-hmm. It's some For of my real. favorite visuals in any Nintendo game because it, it feels like I'm playing inside of like tiny Lego sets, like all the individual worlds just kind of like bring me back to being like a little kid playing with Legos. This uh, actually reminds me, I want to give a special shout out to Paper Mario Color Splash for exactly that reason. It's not out yeah. yet and I don't think it'll crack my top five, but just in case, I do want to say that that part of it looks amazing. Yeah, it's it's very beautiful. It's it's definitely up there for for prettiest Wii U games. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then just on top of that, I mean, it's it's kind of a short, simple game, but it's actually got really clever level design. And as you progress, some of the puzzles are actually pretty challenging. So, you know, it's it, you're not going to get a ton of time out of it, but it's it's a, just a really fun and charming experience for what it is. And you know, I I loved it start to finish. I couldn't put the mm. controller down. Mm-hmm. I would hope so because you wouldn't stop. Sh- you wouldn't shut up about it uh, after the E3. The way they <laughs> I know, announced it. I wouldn't like ever. So I'm glad it lived up to your expectations. <laughs> uh, so my number five is Splatoon. Um, for all the reasons that we've basically said before on the show, like it's really original. It's awesome. It knows its attitude and owns it to its fullest. Um, I love all that about it. Uh, the gameplay is super fun. It's quick and easy to get into and easy to get hooked on for, you know, hours at a time. So love everything about Splatoon. Um, I wish that it had a little bit more in terms of story content, and I wish that they were still doing more Splatfests and stuff. Um, I guess if you're looking to pick up games now, the the fun of updates and Splatfest and whatnot won't really be there for you, but uh, nevertheless, it's an awesome multiplayer game. You can sing so many hours into it, taking it really seriously or just having some throwaway fun. And that's another game that's just really visually pleasing. Like The oh, graphics yeah. aren't anything super special or impressive, but just the, the vibrant colors and everything, it just makes for a... a just a really pleasing experience definitely alex number four so number four is was uh, was kind of a tough call for me when i was trying to decide um but i think i'm gonna go with donkey kong country tropical freeze very nice um i'd say probably one of the best 2d platformers nintendo has put out since the super nintendo era Mm -hmm. uh probably since donkey kong country 2 surprisingly for a 2d platform it was a really gorgeous game uh, especially it was especially surprising for me since donkey kong country returns was kind of like meh right like it's not a it's not like a super awesome ps4 level visuals type game but they did they threw a lot of detail into the game that i was not expecting uh on a nintendo and really vibrant detail very live yeah it's very colorful very being obsessed with donkey kong's fur when like the first images came out yeah it's just like super pretty looking fur yeah but it's not it's not just the fur it's like the little animations that are going on in, in mm-hmm. the environments oh, yeah. uh the characters that they throw in there seemingly just to to, to look nice um, yeah absolutely everything is so lively and, and really breathes a lot of fun and depth into the world of a 2d platformer yeah it it reminds me of when uh the original donkey kong country games came out on super nintendo and it was like wow it's really amazing that they're able to do these sort of like pseudo 3d not really 3d graphics mm-hmm. uh on this this hardware that you know 
five years ago had put out Super Mario World, and then that was sort of its best looking game at the time. Totally. Um, so anyway, really, really impressed uh, with it from a production value standpoint. But also the level design is really polished. Um, For sure. This shines through pretty well in just a normal first time play, but it's also really even more impressive uh, when you play through it on the challenge mode where you only have one health mm-hmm. because you really have to be uh, perfect in your execution and and it's it's a great challenge probably the most challenging platformer i've played on a nintendo uh console yeah and i'd say that the environments and the aesthetics and the music everything you know not just the gameplay but all of the sort of sensory experiences that the game gives you uh they all tie in really really very well timed but also really really well executed really well merged into one experience all these different sorts of components um, on the right beats of gameplay to make you actually sort of feel those emotions that the actual act of playing the game sort of makes you feel on a very micro level. You you get all of those as an, sort of an emotional experience beyond just, oh, shoot, I died, you know? Or, or, oh, I've reached the checkpoint. Yeah, and that's something that a lot of Nintendo games don't really do. Like, even if yeah. their music is really great, the music isn't so baked into the, the flow of the gameplay and then right. what you're seeing on screen. Um, right. Like Super Mario World is an amazing 2D platformer, but Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze made me cry. So like <laughs> that's a pretty pretty good sign that you've done something right. Yeah. I and uh absolutely boss soundtrack. Probably this was mm-hmm. this came out in an era where Nintendo was really nailing it with soundtracks and even considering it's still a really standout example of uh yeah. great Nintendo music. Ben, number four? So my number four is actually, it was it was ported to Wii U. It wasn't originally released on Wii U. And that's Resident Evil Revelations. Okay. Um, it was one, one of my favorite games on 3DS, if, if not my favorite overall game, very close to it. Um, and I put over 100 hours into it on 3DS, and then I still just needed to buy it on Wii U. And I've still probably beaten <laughs> it like half a dozen times on Wii U, even after putting all that time into it uh, on the 3DS version. It's it's just one of my favorite games overall, and then having it on console, mm. it was such a big improvement because it made it so much so much more immersive than just looking at a little four inch screen. Because I could you know uh, turn off all the lights in the room and boot it up on the fifty five inch you know HD screen and mm-hmm. crank up the surround sound, and it just adds so much like tension and immersion to the game. Because like I said, I, I had already put a hundred hours into it on three DS, and on my first playthrough on Wii U, I still ended up like jumping a couple of times, even though I basically had the game memorized just because it's such a different experience when you can just really immerse yourself in the environment like that even though it's the same game yeah even though it's the same game just being and able both to experiences are excellent yeah yeah i would say so i think you just made the case for the nx <laughs> i did there you go what? nintendo hire me <laughs> And then, of course, you also get uh, some some off uh, some gamepad options like off TV play and being able to toggle between weapons and grenades and map and stuff like that on your uh, your gamepad screen. So that's nice too. My number four is Super Mario 3D World. Um, I think that mechanically that is one of the best platformers I've ever played. I think it did an amazing job blending the what's great about 3D Marios with what's great about 2D Marios uh, without really superseding either form. Um, so. It, it, to me, that really exists as its own kind of game rather than a bad 3D Mario game or a weird 2D Mario game. And to that end, I think it did an amazing job. Uh, the multiplayer is great. The level design is amazing. The mechanics are just so freaking good. Soundtrack is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, that's another one of Nintendo's Beast Mode soundtracks. If not for the 
environmental design being pretty minimalistic and not in a good way. There's a lot of levels that are just sort of floating amongst sky without really feeling like they belong there at all. The environmental detail is pretty weak in that regard, but um, if not for that, I think this would be one of the best Nintendo games ever, almost undisputably. Um, but because it doesn't really have that sense of life in its world, I, you know, it's number four. Still a good honor. Plus Cat Mario. Yeah! And Cat and Toad. And Cat everyone else. No, just Toad. <laughs> just Toad. Um, Only Toad. Alex, number three? Uh, my number three is Mario Kart 8. Uh, okay, nice. For me, definitely the best Mario Kart game overall beautiful game but that's not even the most impressive part about the game uh the track design is really excellent the track themes are really excellent the music is oh yeah um i'd say pretty on par with the last two games we described 3d world and uh oh yeah tropical freeze Uh, it's been an amazing generation for nintendo music like some of the best video game music period yeah for sure uh which is impressive given that they have a, a, a pedigree to live up to right but also like this is the first Mario Kart game where I really felt like the online experience was exactly where it needed to be, and so I got a lot of playtime out of Mario Kart 8. Really? Um, Interesting. I think it was the first big online multiplayer game that I even played on Wii U. That's really interesting. I didn't feel like it was quite where it needed to be. I think it was fine, you know, if you wanted to go hardcore on uh, online multiplayer Mario Kart 8, but I, I never really felt compelled to start playing. Does that make sense? Interesting. I didn't particularly either, but that's mostly because Comcast sucks, so I had a hard time having a steady connection. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just part of sort of <laughs> where we get, where we live. But yeah. also with, like, voice chat. and uh, just, Yeah, the I voice chat being missing was a bit of a downer. We use whole online experience maybe really the, the real thing to blame here. Well, I suppose I'm comparing it to what we DS, 3DS, so yeah. uh, it's head and shoulders above all those. Yeah, sure. If you're a Nintendo gamer, it's going to stand out. Uh, anyway, I think some of the the new tracks they they introduce, like Wild Woods, is a good example. Uh, mm-hmm. Shy Guy Falls, I really love. Uh, Electrodome or Electrodrome, all really stand out. Cheeseland. I was going to say they they remastered a lot of great tracks like Cheeseland mm-hmm. and Super Nintendo Rainbow Road and N64 Rainbow Road, and they all look really gorgeous. Yeah, I have a beef with the Super. Nintendo. Nintendo Rainbow Road, though, because it's it's not quite the same size as the original. Yeah, I know it's a little the 3DS wider. version was. So my fingers mm. had the 3DS version memorized, and now oh. when I play on Wii U, I'm hot garbage at it. My beef with the SNES Rainbow Road is that that's the second time it was remade in two consecutive Mario Kart yeah. games. They needed to do Wario Coliseum. What were you guys thinking? Yeah, yeah no, I agree cool. with that. Um, anyway... Uh, great content. I know Colin has some beef with the character roster not having enough oh, original yeah. characters. Lots. Spoiler alert, this is not in my top five at all. <laughs> That's too bad. Uh, and I have some beef with battle mode being kind of crappy. But the core Mario Kart racing experience is really awesome and better than it's ever been, in my opinion. Nice. Awesome. Um, ben, number three? So my number three is actually a game I haven't touched in a little while, and I should get back to it. Uh, Super Mario Maker. Ah, yes. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, the idea of Infinite Mario is enticing, but obviously a lot of the uh, the levels online are kind of crap. But at the same time, there's also just a... There's a ton of really good levels if you, you know, sort by stars and things like that and find some of the more popular ones. And it's just been really fun to see what kind of creative ideas people can come up with. And uh, it's really fun to see what creative ideas I can come up with, too. It's an incredible creative outlet, 
and usually the reason why I haven't played it often is because when I when I sit down to make a level, I don't stop until like ten hours have passed because I like to do things really elaborately and I like to sort of push the limits of what I can do. And I'm also just sort of a perfectionist when it comes to you know uploading something like that online. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've had a lot of fun just showing off my levels to friends and things like that. I think there's something really satisfying about spending like a lot of time developing like sort of a clever trap in a level or a difficult boss area and then watching your friends like have the exact reaction you were hoping for like (laughs) shock or you know uh being scared and stuff like that so i had a lot of those moments where you know childhood friends of mine tried out my mario levels and you know gave me exactly what i was hoping for (laughs) and then at the same time i also like to put all kinds of hidden secrets and alternate routes and and branching paths and things like that in in my mario maker levels and it was also fun to just see people try to you know replay them multiple times to get every secret you know it Gives you kind of a, a sense of what like a you know a game developer must feel like when a, a product is well received, a game that they yeah. you know, put a, put a lot of work into is well received, but on a much smaller scale, obviously. So yeah, it's just it's a great outlet for creative creative design. Yeah, I mean, and I, I think there's a lot to be said there for the amazing interface it creates, how intuitive and seamless it is to go between yeah, playing extremely and playing. Um, and that sense of sort of being like a, a budding developer, like the ease of use of this tool, you know, I, I really feel like it's not quite a game. It's it's a tool and a service. You know, it, it really puts you in those shoes, uh, whether you have experience or not, and it's really cool. Yeah, the creation experience for me was so good that I want to see them do this for every new 2D Mario style they create from now on because who knows what ideas people are going to get from playing those new games, and it'd be great to see them realize them sort of immediately after playing. Definitely. All right, uh, my number three is Shovel Knight, another 2D platformer here, uh, which I think, you know, basically just ties the best of all worlds, not just two, um, from the NES era together. You know, it's Super Mega Man, Super Metroid, it's super, there's a lot of Zelda 2 in it, Um, it's Super Castlevania. There is so much going on there, and all of those amazing sorts of ways that people played games back in the day have been sort of rebirthed together in this really smart new kind of game that also has its completely own identity from a sort of world building and lore perspective really great characterization really great world i mean and another amazing soundtrack game Um, yeah definitely you know just awesome experience all around if you like 2d platformers like this is the retro throwback the world needs like Forget your cave stories, forget your whatever else is. Like, you don't need any more than this one to relive the NES days. Also, butt mode. And butt mode. <laughs> yeah, it's um, definitely got all the charm. Um, yeah. That was the thing that I think impressed me most when I tried it out, because I've played a few retro throwbacks, and they've sort of gotten close, but this was the first one that I really felt uh, seemed authentic. Yeah, for sure. So, Alex, number two? My number two is Pikmin 3. Hey, um, that's my number two. Yay! <laughs> uh, all right. I really loved all the Pikmin games up to this point, all two of them. Uh, <laughs> and Pikmin 3 somehow uh, was more impressive to me than the last two. I think a lot of it had to do with the way it used its characters, the way mm. it presented its world. Uh, the new Pikmin types were really fun. I really love the rock Pikmin. Uh, my wife really likes it, too. Um so and then just the whole adventure uh was was really nicely done uh very approachable for beginners but at the same time offers a satisfying challenge for people who like to maximize their uh play time or maximize their their days um Mm -hmm. but what 
uh, really made it sort of a, an enduring uh, game on my list is that it had really great multiplayer and challenge modes. Oh, um, yeah. The challenge I was going to mention the challenge modes about p- people who want to master their game. You know, I spent so much time trying to get all those platinum medals. Like, yeah. That replay value was almost the best part of the game for me, I think. Yeah, totally. Like, I'd say the challenge mode is probably one of the hardest things I've done on a Nintendo platform, and you can mm-hmm. do it co-op, and it's still, still really challenging. It's um, amazing from front to back. And then on top of that, Bingo Battle is one of the craziest, mm-hmm. most creative Nintendo Battle modes mm-hmm. I've ever seen. So props. Yeah, definitely. Um, I'd like to add that in Pikmin 3, uh, there's just a lot of really great immersive environments going on. There is um, the characterization of the new crew members, especially Charlie, is just amazing. I love that guy. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, I, I think that the they, they did a really nice job balancing two sort of extreme ends of the spectrum of Pikmin 1 and Pikmin 2 where you feel like there's a sense of urgency in trying to recover, you know, your main objectives, but the timer is not limited to, like, a strict end date. It's, it's sort of dictated by the progress that you make in the game and how quickly you make it. So um, I thought that that was a really nice way to balance those two sorts of ways that Pikmin 1 and 2 handled the, the, the stress of it all, although I still think Pikmin 1 provides a, a unique experience from Pikmin 3 in that sense, so um, you know, different kinds of experiences but I think Pikmin 3's is ultimately more inclusive. Yeah, totally, I agree with you 100%. Uh, the only thing that I think was missing, and I bet they'll probably address this in Pikmin 4, is it would have been nice to play the campaign uh, co-op as well yeah. um, especially with the three captains but not a knock on the game. Oh, the other thing I was thinking about was the control scheme um, I think that that can be a great obstacle, but also one of its most brilliant concepts for Pikmin 3. Um, I always played with the gamepad propped up in front of the TV using it as a minimap while using the Wii remote controls because controlling Pikmin that way is brilliant. It feels like that's what it was made for. At the same time, overseeing the strategy of the game on the gamepad, again, brilliant. Like That's what Pikmin was made for. The only issue is that you need to be using like two screens at once and like the second screen is set up separately from the first screen and like it can just depending on your situation get pretty clunky like i have a tv set up at my desk and so it was really easy to just prop the gamepad up in front of it but if you don't have a solution like as convenient for that if you don't have uh you know if you've got like a more traditional living room setup playing pikmin 3 the way it was really meant to be played can be harder so if you're thinking about getting games keep that in mind i guess ben number two so my number two is mario kart 8 for most of the same reasons that uh lex has already mentioned so yeah, it's just a it's a beautiful game, great level design, the anti-grav mechanic is fantastic. And I just had a lot of fun playing it with friends, you know, just having party nights, getting a pizza, playing some Mario Kart. Mm-hmm, and definitely. then also on top of that, I, I'd like to add that I think the the AI is probably like more aggressive and challenging in this game than in any previous entry. So that was kind of a an interesting change of pace, like actually being challenged mm-hmm. by the computer at times. I don't know. I actually felt like Mario Kart Wii was more challenging than Mario Kart 8, but maybe that's because Mario Kart 8 was mechanically more suited to the way that I play racing anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's an item yeah, balance I, thing, I I'm didn't sure. play a ton of Mario Kart Wii, and it's one of my least favorite entries in the series, I so I, I can't really compare it very well <laughs> right. to Mario Kart 8. Oh, yeah, I think one of the things that Mario Kart 8 uh, did not live quite up to is that uh, they removed the automatic drifting option from Mario Kart Wii, which just about everyone that I've played with has like been making their vehicles and then asks like, wait, 
where's automatic drifting? I need automatic drifting. So that's one thing that I think, you know, was too big an oversight. Did you tell them to get good? <laughs> I did. I did. That's all. That's, <laughs> that's kind of another knock I have on the game too, is the, uh, the rear remote controls I feel were a little bit of a step down from Mario Kart yeah, Wii, partly definitely. because of the removal of automatic drifting. Uh, it was a yeah. little bit harder to control, uh, the way I wanted to. Agreed. Oh, and in that regard, there was actually one other thing that I oddly liked about it is that for some reason, the game playing it with the gamepad just feels really good to me. Like to the point oh, where yeah. I can't can't play it with anything else. Really, I could use a pro controller, but gamepad is definitely my default. It feels kind of like the size of a steering wheel, but the functionality of a controller. Like it yeah, just, there's yeah, something it's a good about the physical sensation. Yeah. yeah. So Alex, guess, drum roll. Uh, number I guess it's one. time for number one. My number one is Splatoon, yeah! which may not surprise people who have listened to me on the podcast because I've said before that this is one of my favorite Nintendo games of all time. Um, really a creative concept, a really great way for Nintendo to get into a genre that they haven't dabbled in very much, which is online multiplayer shooters. Just really all-around fun game, especially for someone from my generation who grew up on like Nickelodeon and stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and totally gets all the references they're making to that era. Um, <laughs> I love the fashion element. Uh, like I've said before, I wish they'd cross it over into the real world a little bit more, but uh, maybe next time. Just has a lot of staying power because there's so much depth to uh, the, the game balance. You have so many options to choose from. Almost all of them are really viable. Uh, the stages are really creative and diverse. Uh, the action is really frantic and frenetic, which is totally appropriate for a Nintendo game and a Nintendo online game in particular. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a game that I've been able to sort of share with my wife, which is also sort of added to the experience. She's played, I think now, 570 hours uh, since wow. the game launched last year, uh, which is unheard of for her. So being able to enjoy it with her is also fun. I mean, Colin, you also went into a lot of the stuff that I enjoyed about it, uh, so I, I won't try too hard to repeat a lot of those things. But yeah, <laughs> the, one of my favorite Nintendo games of all time. Um, nice. Really great first entry into the world of online first uh, multiplayer. Awesome. Uh, ben, number one. My number one is... Super Smash Bros. That nice. was my terrible drum roll, by the way. No, <laughs> it's okay. I made like a machine. You gun mean or it's not Axiom Verge? <laughs> See, I actually I was gonna put Axiom Verge on the list as well, but I thought having two games that were ported to Wii U would just be a little overkill. Uh, yeah, so that gets a, a strong honorable mention from me. Plus, there's no Samus costume, so instant yeah, thumbs down. Boo. Um, so yeah, Smash Bros. For a lot of the reasons that uh, Alex already said. Uh, I think it just handles the best of any game in the series. Like, it controls the best, and it's balanced the best. Sorry, Melee fans. Um, (laughs) And another thing I really like is uh, Samus and Sheik being made into their own individual characters, you know, instead of Samus slash Zero Suit Samus. Because Samus is my main now. Like, I I just wreck all of my friends with Samus to the point where they don't want to play with me if I'm Samus. But um, that wasn't the case on Wii, because I was just hot garbage as uh, Zero Suit. And the same with Sheik. I'm no good as Zelda. Just play without Smash Balls. Nah, but I like Smash Balls, because I'm good at getting them. (laughs) But uh, I'm all also like hot garbage as Zelda, but I'm pretty good as Sheik, so it's nice that both uh, Samus and Sheik were able to become standalone characters. Mm-hmm. And just in general, uh, Smash Bros. Wii U 
I've been able to get comfortable and good as way more characters than any previous entry. You know, like I said, maybe maybe it's just because the game controls and handles a little better, but, you know, in, in previous Smash games, I play as, like, you know, three or four characters over and over again, but in yeah. this one, I'm, you know, probably into the double digits for characters that I'm competent as. Yeah, so it's just really here. nice to have a, a wide variety of characters and then to be able to play as a large variety of them and, and compete against friends and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I, can, I can second that. I've always mained random uh, since Brawl came out, but it's been even easier and more fun uh, on Smash 4. Yeah. All right. Well, my number one game is Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't think we need to repeat the points because we basically sort of went over them all. It's uh, the DK Alex fur, right? That's but what did it? That's what did it. It's the fur. <laughs> it's the fact that Cranky Kong uses dentures as a weapon. That alone propels any game to number one. Um, yeah, I mean, really just all the reasons we explained before. Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is, I think, one of the best games of all time. I would venture to say the best 2D platformer of all time. Uh, and one of my personal favorites. So, number one. Uh, do we want to talk about honorable mentions and other stuff like that? or? Uh... Yeah, I have a few. We want to just rattle some good names off for people to check out. Um, a couple of my honorable mentions were on you guys' lists. Uh, Super Mario 3D World. Uh, I sort of mm-hmm. had the same complaint as you, Colin, where it would have been a really, really great Mario game, but without that sort of world continuity, right? it was a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, the level designs are really great, but you know, yeah. one of the great things about both 2D and 3D Mario games is they've always had very self-contained and, and nicely uh, depicted worlds, and that wasn't really the right. case in 3D World. Right. Um, the levels were very self-contained without very much continuity. Yeah. And then uh, the other one is Shovel Knight. Nice. Don't need yeah. to go into detail there. Um, ben? Yeah. Well, like I said, Axiom Verge, uh, initially it was on this list, and then I realized that, holy crap, I had a brain fart and forgot to put Captain Toad on my list. So, uh, <laughs> I was surprised that was your number five. Yeah, I mean, I really like it, but it's it's kind of a short game, and the yeah. replay value is a little iffy. But Yeah, definitely um, a sort of lower-budget title. Yeah. Um, and then just for, like, some cheap indies that I picked up when uh, Wii U was first out and there was just nothing on it for games, I really enjoyed the Mighty Switch Force series. Just okay, fun nice. puzzle platformers make you think, slowly teach you new elements as you play. Uh, oh, and they have great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of fun playing those. Um, I'm sure there's a million other games, but those are just you know some of the, uh-huh. the, the first ones that come to mind that I've had a lot of fun with on the system. Cool, cool, nice. Um, and they were all kind of just sort of smaller experiences, too. So right. it, it works that they're in my uh, honorable mentions section. Yeah, nice. Um Mine, uh, I have a couple games that you guys mentioned that I love, but I didn't feel like they belonged in the top five because I feel like they're more service-oriented games. They're games that um, Wii U is not their home, and so I feel like it's weird to put them in a top five Wii U list. Mario Maker, Smash Bros., and Mario Kart, which is weird to hear that Wii U isn't their home, but what I sort of mean by that is is more so that uh, whatever Nintendo console you play Mario Kart on or Smash Bros. on, um, you're still getting the same sort of experience. It's a matter of which iteration of the series um, is the best, and so I, I feel like their greatest strengths are uh, in the what those series have already accomplished, and these are really great entries in those series. Um, but uh, for top five Wii U games, I felt like it was important to highlight sort of the, the, the more original stuff that really shines um, as, a, as a Wii U game and not so much as a, 
game, game that's, that's on, on Wii, U. Wii U. Right. Um, and Mario Maker, same sort of sentiment, but um, I, I realize the gamepad is really integral to it, but, um, you know, if the NX's touchscreen, like, uses it, and so, like, I feel like Mario Maker itself is, is not so much a game. We already sort of discussed that. Um, but then some honorable mentions, just fantastic games that if you have heard good things about, maybe you want to check them out, you can go for it. Um, Bayonetta 2, I haven't had the chance to play it, but I feel like if I did, I might be up here. Yoshi's Woolly World, beautiful, and also a really good uh, 2D platformer. Pokemon Tournament, awesome fighting game. Can take a little bit to pick up, but I mean, Pokemon's awesome, Tekken's awesome, the crossover's awesome. Um, Hyrule Warriors, uh, it's a power trip, it's super grindy, so that's kind of... But, um, you know, all the Zelda characters and, and playing it is so much fun. And then Minecraft, uh, because that's just an outstanding game anyway. And it's now on Wii U, which means you don't need a TV for it uh, to play it, sort of. Um, uh, play the you know, console you can, experience. You can play it. You can, right, yeah. yeah, you can play it on a handheld device that isn't like a phone. So that's good. <laughs> and also a Vita, which I don't have. <laughs> I guess I have one more, one more honorable mention that I didn't mention because it wasn't a duplicate. Yeah, and that was my theme before uh, Nintendo Land, um, oh, especially okay. the multiplayer sections. Um, the mini games I got a lot of use out of. It was a real uh, party hit when I had friends over, uh, in particular the competitive multiplayer ones. But we also played a lot of Metroid Blast. Um, nice. Really fun game. Kind of sad that the concept seems to have buried it, um, but you know, really great. Uh, intro to wii u or or summary of everything that wii u was about mm. nice okay i also thought of one more honorable mention okay here. lego city undercover because it's yeah, grand nice. theft auto with legos and that's just awesome. <laughs> yeah that's a huge game nice all right well everybody thank you all so much for listening this is the endo nintendo week for today if you like this podcast you can subscribe to us on itunes or subscribe to us on youtube at gamnesia tv for bite-sized discussions from the show and please head to iTunes to leave us a review. We've really been working hard to make this show great for you guys, so those iTunes reviews really mean a lot, and they also help a lot of listeners discover the show. So if you haven't done that, please do. Greatly appreciated. Let's try to make it to 85 reviews by uh, next week. And if you have feedback for us, please send it to colin at gamnesia.com. That's C-O-L-I-N at G-A-M-N-E-S-I-A. Or you can find me on Twitter at Colin McIsaac, C-O-L-I-N-M-C-I-S-A-A-C. And remember to send in your questions about Nintendo, about our show. We love engaging with you guys, and we read them and talk about them here on the show, so it's a great way to get involved. Um, again, that's Colin at Gamnesia.com and at Colin McIsaac. Alex, where can they find you? You can also find me on Twitter at Legend of Lex. And Ben, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Aramgard. That's E-R-I-M-G-A-R-D. If you can't wait till next week for more of our stuff, you can head to Gamnesia.com to see more gaming news as it happens. We've got Sony, Microsoft, Indie, you name it, and Nintendo news that we didn't have the time to discuss on this week's show. And you can also join the Facebook group Nintendo Week Fun Club to chat with us and other listeners about all things Nintendo. On our way out, please enjoy Windmill Advisory, a wonderful remix of the Windmill Hills theme from Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze by Pumpkin King. Thank you all so much for listening, and we hope you have another great week.